what does it matter what I think? I know my stuff. I know the market rate. You know your market. But really, it's really about the people who are going to use it. You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Jamie Murphy from Cyber Business Growth, or CBG. Jamie, how are you today? I'm really good. Excellent. I'm in CBG Towers in Cambridge and looking forward to speaking to you. Well, that sounds absolutely fantastic. So today, Jamie, we, we wanted to invite you to discuss about a, a topic that we all have at heart, which is European expansion. And how do you judge or how do you know that the comp- your company is ready to expand into the European territory? But before we get into the details and, and obviously pick your brain and discuss your experience, can you please just share with us a little bit of background for CBG as well as yourself, where you come from and how you decided to start CBG? My goodness, I appreciate that. That's a good idea. As I often say, I've been in the cyber marketplace for so long it's been called two other things yeah uh, it's, it's my it's it was called network security information it's been called lots of things but this is this is the industry that i love and i absolutely mean that i've done it for over 20 years i've worked right across many you know d- different types of organizations and really you know coming from a sales commercial background Use the, the 20 years experience that I've gained working with the likes of NTT, Integralis, so some big players in the integration space right the way through the startup vendors, using that as a backbone really to set up cyber business growth, which is my baby. Very good. My baby's two and a half years old. It's a beautiful baby. <laughs> um, we are fundamentally a people business, right? I think, you know, just to summarize, I think the skills gap gets mentioned all the time. And I think there's a preconception that it's just technical roles. In my opinion, absolutely, it it goes far beyond that, whether that's sales, marketing, product marketing, or services in general. So, and we're we're there to bridge the gap. And and is that what you offer in terms of services? So if we were to, uh, just for our audience and and people that may not be aware of CBG, can you summarize the type of services that that you, you guys offer? Of course, I think, Accelerations at the heart of what we do. We use our knowledge, experience within the team of consultants that I've got. So we've got a hybrid set of skills in the organization, which is fantastic because that allows us to provide services to vendors, to partners, to actually help accelerate anything that they want to achieve. So That could be around go-to-market strategy. That could be around marketing analysis. That could be right the way through to actually executing on, um, you know, a strategic marketing program. So we've got, you know, I would say disciplines that we provide and we call that the channel services area. So so I'd say in a a nutshell, that's that's really what we do. So a pretty complete outfit in a way and uh, and the ability to offer an hybrid model so so if i understand well you could have with the equivalent of two or three resources different roles that can be taken care of from marketing to uh, resourcing or talent management up to the channel management up to 
end-user direct sales relationship management. Is that correct? It's a very, very good assumption. I think that what we saw when we planned and set the business up was that organizations actually, whether they're a partner or a vendor, actually, you know, the challenge was around managing an investment, yeah. uh, an organization, you know, even of a, you know, we, we work with vendors who are pre-funding right the way through some of the largest security integrators in the world. And, you know, but they're all looking to grow their business in some way, shape or form. And everyone needs to manage their investment of money sensibly and well. And I think it's the ability to get access and to, and to move quickly because Cyber Business Growth is basically the platform to be able to do that either through our own core team or through our associates that we've got within the, that we use within the business. It's about accessibility. It's about experience, really. Bridges the time to market. Yeah, absolutely. Acceleration. This is something that we know well because that's our, that's our motto as well at Operatics uh, about sales acceleration. But driving back to the, or going back to the, the topic that we wanted to discuss then, and thank you very much for the story that you told us about, uh, you know, you and, and the birth of CBG as well as giving us more information about what you guys do for your clients. One thing that really impressed me when we first engaged and when I had the first chance to meet with you and your team was that early stage service, that, that service that you offer to, I would say, early stage company, but not just early stage company, because I believe this could be a, a round B or round C type of investment company. But that service, which is around assessing the European market and, and most importantly, assessing if you are ready to enter the European market, that's kind of a market tester for, for assessing what's there, what's available there, or quickly you can get your market entry. But that, that's the service that is really, when we first engaged, really intrigued me. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about how you go about that? And, and what is the value that you bring to a vendor? Because they could make the choice to do it themselves. But what are you guys bringing in terms of extra value to those vendors? I appreciate the observation there. It was actually a gap that I'd observed really over the last few years in the market where, you know, back in the day, back in the day, makes me sound really old, but, and I am, but when we were looking at, (laughs) bless you, when we were looking at new technology coming into the market, it was much easier to identify both for a supplier and for a consumer, you know, mainly because security was fixed around things around like DMZs, intranets, extranets, and you could, products were built around very fixed environments. That's changed. And, you know, and I think the key to the service, which is what we call CBG Pulse, is really that because there is no magic wand for finding the clients or finding the vendor, whether you're coming from the client side, the partner side, or the vendor to the market, and you know, I thought there's a real opportunity to connect the business together. I also think that you know, I evolved on the service because the, the go-to-market, it needs to be challenged because if you look at the model in the mid-90s around taking vendors' new technology to market, using the three-tier channel, using distribution, reseller, and selling to end client through the vendor, that kind of worked. But 
there are just too many assumptions to be made because there's too much volume coming through. So how can you cut through both from a client perspective and from a vendor perspective to understand what's your market? What do you, there's some real value to be had about connecting and getting some real evaluation of, of what the consumers of technology actually believe what your product does or, or how it can integrate into their existing environment, which is, you know, some of the key things that I find have been missed out. So for me, CBG Pulse is like quality control. You know, it allows quality control for the vendor looking to spend money into into a region. Is that not alone, is there a market? Is there a challenge? There's a thing that I'm thinking that's working over in other regions. Does that actually exist? And, And I think, you know, we meet loads of talented people running running the vendors and their international business, but it's so difficult for one person. It's one person's opinion. Absolutely. So, so we built CBG Pulse using our connections into the market. And I often flippantly say, what does it matter what I think? I know yeah. my stuff. I know the market rate. You know your market. But really, it's really about the people who are going to use it. So... What we do for an organization is we actually go and put a vendor through, uh, it could be a partner service as well, by the way, but in, in this instance, it could be a vendor and they believe their addressable market is X. We then go and take their proposition through a consulting process where they get to engage with a number of organizations to effectively pitch the products, test the products, evaluate really whether the presentation and the the quality of the product is there for the market are they addressing a real challenge so and that the fundamentals of what we we built it's all about getting that feedback and providing a vendor or a partner with a consulting engagement quality piece of work which gives a snapshot and a process of a number of organizations who are looking for innovation. You know, customers are looking to, to the things that are going to help them solve some of the challenges, and we give the vendors access to those people. Okay. I agree with you. I think we're all entitled to our own opinion, and we all have feelings about what's working, what's not working. But if we are not the actual end user, if we are not the reseller that will be on commission only to sell the products, what do we know? So, so I, think, I think this approach is... Uh, it's very interesting because it's down to earth and it's not about you guys spending a lot of time in front of your computer or in front of a whiteboard speaking, you know, amongst yourself. Yourself, It's actually going out, speaking with individual presenting, which, which I think is, is a wonderful approach and, and definitely a great idea. We found that, that that resonates and I think it's all about ensuring that, you know, that it, it can be misleading, that it can be perceived maybe from a vendor that it's a sales tool. It's not, it's a market analysis tool. So, and that's, you know, I think that the clients also see value from it as well. I fully appreciate that. In terms of your, your experience, I'm kind of moving on to the next step now because you, you've done a great job in, in describing what, what Pulse is, which is that initial understanding of the market. Is the market ready for you? Is there buyers that will want to use your solution? But once that's validated, let's say you, you ticked that box, the next step is really to, to start getting established in the market. So from your experience, how long 
does it take for a new vendor to establish themselves in, in a new market like the European markets? You know, that, I mean, that is an incredibly challenging question because I think it's all based on what their perception of being established actually is and what the goals and aims are of that organisation. And I think it is good because I think you you need to understand what those metrics and measurements are to gauge whether you've been successful or not. And I think it's about understanding what the goals are of the organisation. If you look at some of the vendors, I think this often gets missed, is that if you look and you hear people talking about expansion and quick acceleration of growth, people like Paolo Alto, for example, I mean, it's incredible the journey they've been on in the last few years. But I actually remember being at the point when they did originally come into the market and it took them a number of years to work out yep. the proposition, the pace, how they get there, how they're going to be. They didn't start at the point of taking over or start to dominate and take over the other players' firewall market share. It actually took you know, one to two years to understand where they fit, fitted into the marketplace. And I think that often can get lost. And yes. I think that, you know, patience is a virtue and it should be observed in this instance. I think I have seen vendors come through the market and ride waves. And we saw that, I think, to some extent with, with Endpoint and the market share was being created by next generation Endpoint. And there are a number of later entries into the market who probably got market share off the back of, of other hard work, really. Absolutely. Um, okay. That does happen from time to time. But I would say it is about being patient. It's about, you know, working the market properly. Yeah. No, and and I, I agree with you on that point. I mean, again, we, we are also part of the, the beginning of Palo Alto Networks in Europe when they were a team of three or four people, I can't really remember. And, and, and I completely agree with you. I think the first, the first year, it was really a question of everybody was putting their sleeves up from the VPMEA that would put a, a recruitment add-on or a sales add-on. And you know, those guys were like Swiss army knife, trying to do lots of things, but really getting under the skin of the market. And then they went exponential when they started to really get the revenue flowing. Most recently, we've seen companies doing it the other way around. So really investing in a ton and a ton of salespeople or a ton of marketing mm -hmm. people or channel and, and putting all the investment out without any revenue coming in. And I think, I guess it's a choice, but what I've seen most successful is the people who've been pacing, people that start to see the revenue coming and also people who are not under pressure to recruit a large sales team. I think it's if ridiculous you've got... Pressure. It's ridiculous pressure, right? I'm right with you and... You know, when I, I left uh, NTT after nine and a half years, great, I had a great time. And I, I, part of the market research was finding out what was going on. And, you know, and what I found was when I was talking to organizations who may be looking for VPs, VP-type roles, that role was, you know, ultimately a real hybrid of skills. And it, it, it seemed incredibly difficult to execute, you know, maybe what the, an organization, once they understand the market, what it is they're going to sell into the market, how they're going to go about executing it, 
you know, and I think that first 12 months in particular, you actually need a hybrid of skills. You need to be running channel in parallel with channel in parallel with end user stimulation, market stimulation. So yeah. you can meet in the middle. And if you're an organization who's starting out, you don't have the budget necessarily. Some do. Some have gone for it, as you've said. But a number of organizations don't have that luxury. So we found a real niche in the market to, I guess, provide a service for some of the people that we're working with, provide a blended service so they can turn it up and turn it down, dependent on... Do you need, you know, the blend of marketing, sales, some product management and some pre-sales? Well, you don't need to have those five heads all at one time. You can take a little bit of those. And usually the metric in place that we use is that for the cost of bringing in FTE, you could potentially bring in a hybrid service for that. And then build build success over time and then look to bring in full-time investment uh, when, when the time is right. It's a subtle art of, of weighting investment versus return, basically. I guess that's, that's, that's the point of the conversation we're having. And to your point, it does depend on the organization, probably does depend on their investors as well and the, the okay. willingness of their investors to invest very quickly. One of my next questions was to speak about the mistakes to avoid as a newcomer. And, and I think we already spoke about one. And, and just if I was to rephrase it to you, I mean, the kind of, I think, issue we discuss is, is seeing people coming in, having a requirement to recruit very early on 10, 15, 20, 30 salespeople. And what we see is that when you've got a requirement of rec- recruiting such a large team, you end up recruiting people that you may not have recruited if you are not under pressure to get people in. And we know that particularly when you get into enterprise sales and when you get to long and complex sales cycles, well, it can cost you a lot of money to make the wrong choices and recruiting the, the wrong or, or not the right type of sales individual. But with that, with that mistake apart of, of, of maybe uh, scaling things too quickly, is there any other mistakes that you've seen from newcomers and that you would like to, to take us through or, or experience of, of, of things that you've not seen working very well in the past? I guess, you know, it's easy to be critical, isn't it? And, Absolutely. And, and I'm, you know, I've made as many mistakes as, any, as anyone else. And, and I think that's how you learn, isn't it? Because, you know, you look and you think, you know, for example, I think one of the, and I, I kind of alluded to it there, and it's a little bit related to the point, but, you know, looking for the Rolodex salesperson, my goodness. You know, I've had the pleasure and privilege of working with, some incredibly well-connected salespeople, you know, who are really good friends of mine. Uh, but and they're the most connected people in there. But I think it's a, you know, sales is of course based on trust, but it's incredibly difficult if you're coming in and you are the person down on the ground, number one. And because you're a Rolodex salesperson, you're expected to, to get things done. Now, there will be instances where that is possible, of course. If you've got the thing that unlocks the door, you've rode the wave and you've got a way in, that's fine. But, but you know, that's, if you look at the volume of vendors that are out there, that's why we see such a transient recruitment marketplace, particularly in sales, because it's a, it is an incredibly transient market because it's really difficult to be ultimately ultimately successful yeah and 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 i would say the the biggest kind of high level thing is making assumptions i have you know i've seen that a lot 
We've all done it at some point where we assume something, we assume what the market wants, we assume what, in particularly the channel one, I think, and the way that I do business, and I'm not, I'm definitely not perfect, but we treat everybody like a client and everyone gets the, the A-list, the VIP treatment as they should do, you know, and treat others. Well, like remember them. that. Yeah, oh, Ray, you get the A+. Plus. <laughs> um, I do, I do, I do. I was just teasing you. No, that's okay. You're allowed to do it. Um, but you know, on the channel side of things, I think the channel gets overlooked. I, if I'm being, I'll call that out. I think, and that I can often see that if you're coming into the European market where it's a different setup, there's a different model out there. Channel, if we take the time to understand where their issues are, whether that's agility, whether that's improving EBITDA, whether that's solving real business challenges, I think that gets massively overlooked. And we go in there and we show the shiny thing and we hope that everything's going to go well. That doesn't work because there's 50 other people trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And it's, it's the chicken and the egg. You know, we, I think we had the conversation already together, but it's, it's quite often that we, we get into conversation in North America or in, in, with Israeli startups. And when they look at coming into the European market, they always ask us and say, well, should I go channel or should I just get the first man on the ground? And what we always, always suggest is do both. Okay, yeah. do both, but do it in a, in a very controlled manner. And as you mentioned in, in, your, in the answer to your previous question, just make sure that you have make some assumption that you can measure on the quarterly basis. And then once you do well, you can carry on and invest. Or if you don't, or well, just retract and try something different. But I think they are both very important. I mean, actually, we probably, we probably could spend another 30 minutes just to speak about that topic in particular. So let, let's not get us started. But <laughs> you I think, pressed my buttons there, right? Absolutely. We, we, we are, we're getting excited now. But uh, these topics are really what this podcast are for. You know, it's about... We want to invite people who are passionate. We want to invite people who have real insight to share with us. So it's extremely likely that we, uh, we invite you back in the, in the coming weeks to, to, to talk about that other topic. But Jamie, for, for now and for today, if, if, people, if, if some of our listeners wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way to connect with either CBG or, or, or with Jamie Murphy? Sure. I mean, there's, there's a number of, of methods to do that and... I mean, a lot of the materials and information we've got are clearly on cyberbusinessgrowth.com, which you should definitely look at. We've, we've updated and, uh, and got some of the productization up there so you can see clearly what we're doing. Definitely follow us on my favorite platform, LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bless it. Uh, because, you know, do follow us because we're trying to provide non-sales content, opinion. So definitely follow cyber business growth on on there for sure and and ultimately contact us through there contact with me you know directly through through that mechanism and i'd love to talk to anybody you know you can tell i'm very very passionate about this uh, this industry well that's wonderful jamie i mean you've been a fantastic conversation lots of insight from from your side so i really appreciate your time today and again thank you very much it's been a pleasure talking to you as always and i hope to see you very soon thank you Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale 
required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.